In this episode of Space Monkey, our hero is once again traveling through the depths of time and space in search of the sacred bananas of Monkey City. However, our hero is on the watery planet Sidon, and little does he know, a beautiful young lady is about to change his world. How so, and in what manner? Stay tuned to find the answers. Chandelier light in ocean water makes so perfectly, but especially from beneath the electric blue waters themselves. Old Sippin' and Cyan knew this best of all. It was a classy joint with a cozy atmosphere, and it was Space Monkey's favorite underwater cocktail lounge. Our hero had some time until a freighter arrived at the surface port, so why not enjoy the coral reef view from below and a refreshing drink for the afternoon? Oh, I'll tell you why. Because right at that moment, a drop-dead gorgeous young simian lady entered the lounge. Oh, this stranger had dark auburn hair and marvelous blue eyes, clearly plagiarized by the ocean itself. She sat down at the bar and ordered a cocktail. When she noticed Space Monkey staring at her, drooling ever so slightly, she gave a friendly but nervous smile and quickly returned to her drink. This drove him wild. He had to know more. Who was she? Why was she here? Was she single? Space Monkey sauntered over, romance filling his eyes, confidence filling his soul. Flaring his nostrils, he said, Why, hello, aren't you a pretty young thing, you monkey lady gal thing you say? What do they call you? Is that seriously your best opening line? I don't know said the pseudo-suave Simeon as he slowly but clumsily leaned an elbow against the bar. These sort of things just come... naturally. His nostrils flared obnoxiously wider, and he leaned in closer. The dame scooted back, saying, All right, Romeo, simmer down. Why don't you first tell me your name? My name is Romeo. I mean, Space Romeo. I mean, Monkey. Ah, my name is Space Monkey! <laughs> Well, my name is Sylvia, and I'm guessing you don't do this very often, do you? Deflated and giving up his charade, he said, No, not, not really. I'm, I'm an explorer for the Alliance, so a lot of times I'm just out here on my own. Now it was her turn to flare her nostrils. Alliance, you say? You're an explorer? Tell me more. She turned directly facing him and began playing with her hair. Space Monkey took no notice of this. His mind filled to the brim with humiliation. He stood up, ready to leave. No, I've embarrassed myself enough for today. Thank you. I think I'll just go call my mom or talk to my computer Sally. No, stay! Grabbing his arm, she quickly turned to the passing bartender. Mac, two balan martinis, please. Extra strong. Turning to Space Monkey, she said, I think explorers are so brave and rugged. I would love to know more about you. Mac promptly brought the martinis with a quizzical and disapproving look directly pointed at Space Monkey. But it was too late. The idiot was already blabbering on about his life, and the trap of intrigue and romance was set. We'll be right back to our story after a word from our sponsors. 
Are you the pheasant plucker, or are you the pheasant plucker's mate? Either way, you don't want to be stuck here plucking feathers because one of you is late. So why not use the fittest pheasant plucker picker flicker known to man? The fancy pheasant feather plucker picker flicker 3000 is what you need. It plucks, it picks, and it flicks those pesky unpleasant pheasant feathers any way you need it. That's right, today you could be walking home with the fancy pheasant feather plucker picker flicker 3000. After seeing our product, everyone would be saying you're the talk of the town. Except they couldn't because their tongues would be tied. <laughs> and so would their hands and feet. And we'd take them down to gossip jail because nobody talks about you behind your back. And I mean nobody. The Fancy Pheasant Feather Plucker Picker Flicker 3000 is available in stores now. So, hurry down today to get our product so you can be the pluckiest man alive. We now return to our exciting adventure of Space Monkey. Mac promptly brought the martinis with a quizzical and disapproving look directly pointed at Space Monkey. But it was too late. The idiot was already blabbering on about his life, and the trap of intrigue and romance was set. So, remind me again? After you left home, you traveled for a while, and then... I took the job here on Sidon to help develop medicine. That was two years ago. So I do that, but now they also have me handling legal matters and certain pharmaceutical law enforcement details. It's so overwhelming. Wow, I, I bet. But you also volunteer in an orphanage, correct? Yeah, I have to do something that keeps me sane. Uh, true! Which I think is just great, by the way. In fact, I've thought about starting an orphanage myself, actually. Uh, and honestly, I wish I was an orphan. And then you could be my mom. Sylvia's mind momentarily blocked out his imbecilic chattering as her thoughts drifted elsewhere. A shadow of sorrow eclipsed her face. Something wrong? Well, right now there's a sickness going around all the kids in the orphanage that no one seems to be able to treat. It's frustrating because I think I found a cure, but the three things I need to further develop it, well, I can't get them. What do you mean? The new environmental laws make it illegal to harvest them. They're called Clam's Kiss, Goblin's Breath, and Dragon's Blanket. Hmm. Never heard of them. What, what do they look like? Right now, I only have a picture of Dragon's Blanket. We have a species of dragon shark on this planet, and it uses a very special type of moss to cover its eggs. Almost like a blanket, hence the name. Here's the picture. Take it. Space Monkey thoughtfully examined the image. Sylvia continued. It can only be found in the lower mantle. It's a very dangerous place and home to some terrible creatures. All the cities on Sidon have forbidden citizens from going there. Well, you know, as an Alliance explorer, I often travel to dangerous places. Even if it's off-limits? Oh, especially if it's off-limits. What... What mission are you doing these days? <sighs> Nothing that couldn't be postponed for a few hours. The girl stared deeply into Space Monkey's eyes. If you could. I mean, I would be so grateful if... If I helped you get these three items, like a quest? Well, what are we waiting for? Point me in the right direction, and I'll go get them. Quietly speeding this way and that, our hero is traversing through the deep waters of Sidon's eastern ocean. A hand jet lightly pulls him through the foreign waters, closer and closer to the lower mantle. Between the front handles sits a dashboard with a light screen, displaying the lovely face of Sylvia. She and Space Monkey talk over the radio. Okay, Space Monkey. Scan's 
I see a steep drop off into darker waters and something like a dead volcano emerging out in the distance. Yeah, that's the mountain. You're pretty much at the lower mantle. Head for the upper slopes of the mountain. That's where the first item should be. Which is what again? Clam's kiss. That's the easiest item to get. Okay, I'm near the top slopes. I don't I don't see anything though. Swim closer to some of the crevices and gullies. Right along the top in the kelp, you should see the giant clams. You can't miss them. We're talking eight to ten feet long. Oh, wow. You're not kidding. Whoa, those are huge. Yeah, actually, there's a little clearing in the kelp. I, I, I see them all clustered together. I, I'm going to get closer. Approach from the side, never right above them. Well, then how am I supposed to collect anything from them? It's easy. Check inside that bag I gave you. You'll find a sponge attached to a small pole. Just swim right up close to the clam. The side, remember, not the top. And swab its lip with the sponge. Sure enough, Space Monkey opened the bag and immediately found the slobber collecting instrument. He then followed Sylvia's direction, and before he knew it, the clam began to gently flap its shell, wiggle its tongue, and spew gobs of slime all about. Good guava, no wonder this stuff is illegal. This is disgusting. Ugh, I think it wants to kiss me. <laughs> now you understand the name. But don't be stupid and try to kiss it back. They'll grab you with their sticky tongues and eat you. What? These are flesh eaters? Don't worry, just stay to the side. It won't attack you if you keep doing what you're doing, it just tickles them. Meanwhile, silently above, shadowy figures emerge from the arching caverns of the mountain peaks. These curious yet vengeful creatures darted between rock and coral, holding their gnarled spears firmly in their webbed hands as they swam further and further down the slopes and ridges straight towards our valiant ocean explorer. Okay, Sylvia, now what? You need to find some water goblins. Mm, what do they look like? Well, they're scaly. They've got two arms and legs, big ugly heads, a slender tail, and they usually carry spears or knives made of coral. Hmm, they sound delightful. Well, what am I supposed to get from them? It's called goblin's breath. What? The water goblins in this area grow a certain type of plant, and then they stick it in between their gills and breathe it in. They love it. It's like a good cigar to them. And how exactly am I supposed to get it from them? Say, excuse me, and just stick my hand in their mouths and grab it from them? Relax. They usually tie a little pouch around their necks. They carry the plant inside that. Maybe trade with them? I don't know. I'm not going to lie, they really hate outsiders, so this might be a bit tricky. Oh, the joy of making new friends. I'll tell you what. Just then, a spear launched through the water and nearly decapitated our glorious explorer. It struck a rocky outcrop inches away from Space Monkey's head and was stuck between the cracks of the rock. Quick as a whip, Space Monkey turned around. Nothing but the long, flowing kelp moved in the soft, unending current. Sylvia, they're here, and they're not happy. Uh, just one second. Maybe you can... And suddenly, a water goblin darted out of the shadows of the kelp forest, and in the blink of a quantum leap, the ghoulish creature snapped the hand jet out of Space Monkey's grasp and disappeared back into the thickness of the kelp. Space Monkey sprang forward to chase the briny bandit, but before he could, 20 other aquatic hellions emerged and silently surrounded Space Monkey. Sylvia, can you still hear me? They swam off with the hand jet. Yes, I can hear you, and I saw it all from the screen before it went dark. Just stay calm and try to find a way to negotiate with them to get the goblin's breath. Space Monkey looked around. Sure enough, each goblin had a pouch around their neck, holding the next item he so desperately needed. What's going on? They're just staring at me with those giant glowing eyes and they're laughing. Man, they have razor-sharp teeth. God, this is freaking me out. 
Now, one of the bigger goblins, undoubtedly their chieftain, came forward scowling, crowned with a cold, hard stare. He was about Space Monkey's size, and he boldly reclaimed the coral spear from the rock and began making wild gestures with it. Space Monkey subtly placed a hand close to his own knife handle. What's happening now? Their chieftain came forward, and I think he's telling me to get out of town. Well, maybe if you try to talk to him and tell him... Suddenly, from the side, one of the lesser goblins rushed Space Monkey and tried to remove his breathing apparatus. Space Monkey dodged out of the way and instinctively slashed with his knife. It was only a glancing blow, but it drew rancid green blood. Now all the other goblins furiously charged in. The fight was at hand, and there was no backing out. Slashing, stabbing, and piercing shrieks permeated the water. Space Monkey broke free and desperately swam upward. But again and again, his enemies dragged him down. They took his knife, they grappled for his gear, and they dragged him into darker waters. But Space Monkey kicked and spun and broke free once more. Sylvia, help! They're swarming me! Swim above the clams! Hurry! You just told me never to do that! Forget that! You have a much better chance of surviving, trust me! He hastily swam above the flesh-eating clams. Foolishly, the water goblin followed, spurred on by their greed for the foreigner's pricey equipment, but all to their detriment. Sure enough, several colossal clams shot out their sticky tongues and devoured a number of goblins. The others rushed downward to save their comrades, but their doom was sealed. Sylvia, I'm getting out of here. Hold on! Don't forget the second item, the goblin's breath. Oh, with great annoyance, Space Monkey turned around to see how he might grab a precious pouch and sneak away. But before he could move a muscle, the enraged Goblin Chief came face to face with our hero and snatched him soundly within his iron-tight grip. He then flipped Space Monkey upside down and held him right above a particularly enormous clam. Space Monkeys frantically struggled and squirmed, but to no avail. Yet, with great cunning, our dexterous Simeon used his foot to seize the pouch around the goblin's neck and then kicked his opponent squarely in the jaw, causing him to release our hero. But then, with great daring and bravery, and at the very last moment, Space Monkey shoved the stunned enemy aside just as the giant mollusk shot out its massive tongue, narrowly missing the goblin chief by nanometers. Oh, I love it. Because, you know what? Sometimes, that's just what the good guys do. I got the pouch, Sylvia! I'm getting out of here! Hurry! Scans show that something is coming. Something massive. How massive? A tremendous rumbling echoed through the deep. Unlike anything Space Monkey had heard or felt before, the sonic impact rattled his bones. Then, with distant terror, Space Monkey beheld the gigantic silhouette of a dragon shark barreling out from the deep. It snatched and devoured any goblin in its path. Oh my gosh, that thing is enormous! You didn't tell me I'd be fighting a living battle cruiser. Space, get out of there. It's not worth it. Forget the mission. Our hero valiantly tried to escape. As he shot upward, the remaining goblins dove downward, panic-stricken and into any narrow trench or cave nearby. Fast as lightning, the massive beast now came straight for Space Monkey. At any moment, those gigantic jaws would envelop our hero. But at the last second, the goblin chief emerged from a trench and threw his mighty spear at the dragon shark's gills, lodging itself into the sensitive organ. Dragon Shark furiously veered off course, writhing in sheer pain, saving Space Monkey's life. While the beast was distracted, the oceanic champion gave Space Monkey a stern nod of approval and quickly swam off into the distance with the remaining warriors. 
Wishing to avoid another close call, Space Monkey decided to hide far away from the dragon shark. Half-wittingly, Space Monkey dove further and further down the mountain, until by complete chance, he swam into a dark, vastly rounded cave opening. He paused, admiring the bioluminescent sponges, plants, and coral that lined the interior of the cave. Oh, the tranquility of it all allowed him to gather his senses. Sylvia, can you hear me? Cutting out. What? Hard to hear. Listen, I'm okay. I'm gonna find the third item. No! Dangerous! Get out! Sylvia, hello? Can you hear me? There was no response. Space Monkey knew the cave must be disrupting the signal. Regardless, he had to keep going. He knew deep in his gut that he was so close to finishing his quest. So, Space Monkey turned on a shine globe, and there, on the gravelly floor of the cave, he saw several large eggs. They were glossy and opaque, and each about the size of a small boulder. More importantly, they had a soft, gentle moss growing on top, covering them like a blanket. Just like in Sylvia's picture! Space Monkey retrieved the image from his supply bag, and sure enough, it matched up. He had found Dragon's Blanket! Wait a minute, if this was Dragon's Blanket, then this must mean... Oh, oh no! It must mean he was in the Dragon Shark's lair! Wishing not to encounter the frenzied beast upon its return, Space Monkey gently gathered samples of the moss and prepared to be on his way. Hours later, Space Monkey emerged from the water, happy but exhausted. He climbed on top of the diving raft, rejoiced at the beautifully setting sun, and eagerly saw Sylvia standing there, guarding his off-planet travel gear and space gun. In the distance was another boat quickly approaching. You made it! I was so worried about you. Yeah, and I managed to get all the items. You did? Beaming, Space Monkey handed her the bag of pelagic treasures. The fair maiden rushed into his arms and joyously kissed his handsome face all over. Our hero grinned from head to toe. Sylvia then stepped back, picked up our hero's space gun, and pointed the weapon at his chest and said, Turn around and put your hands behind your back. You're under arrest. What? I'll stun you. Turn around. Hands behind your back. You're under arrest. Are you serious after all I did for you? Retorted Space Monkey, completely ignoring her demands and angrily stepping closer. Do it now. No, go ahead. Stun me. I dare you. Go ahead. I really mean it. Sylvia played her word true, and Space Monkey went down without a sound. The next morning, Space Monkey stood at the main surface cargo port, disheveled, confused, and angry. Luckily, a freighter was coming out of orbit, and he'd soon hit a ride and be heading home. He heard gentle footsteps approaching from behind. Turning around, Space Monkey saw the shy but earnest face of Sylvia. Oh, great. Has the she-devil of the Sidon Seas come to further torment her victim? Before you get angry, just know that everything was done for a reason. It had to look like I had nothing to do with our plan. Oh, really? And do you always use and abuse your would-be lovers and boyfriends for pharmaceutical gains? I understand why you would be upset about being stunned and arrested, but trust me, it had to look like I had absolutely nothing to do with this. But you set me up! 
You lied to me. Do you realize what the Sidon authorities are gonna say to the Simian Alliance? Do you know how much trouble I'm gonna be in with the House of Explorers? Did you ever think about what was going to happen to me? Yes, I did actually, which is why you should thank me and not be so quick to be angry. Oh, for the love of all things. Oh, wow, wow, you are seriously that egotistical? Just hold up for a second. How do you think you got released so early? Well, it's, it's all kind of a blur, but I, I, I figured someone from the Alliance called in. You don't remember how the Sidon authorities questioned you all night while you were under a truth serum? Oh, oh, no wonder I feel so croggy. What did I say? Everything you needed to. I, I don't understand. Trust me. The way I maneuvered everything from the moment we met to the moment you got stunned, it allowed me to deny any cooperation in this plan. Plus, everything you said sounded to them like a whimsical explorer on some mystical quest based on a passing comment from a pretty girl. Well, why didn't you just give me a heads up about all this? I would have kept it a secret. I couldn't afford that risk. If I had revealed any part of my true plan to you earlier, you might have ruined it for me while under the serum. You want to talk about ruin? What do you think is going to happen when this all gets out, you heartless harpy? Once again, when the House of Explorers hears about this, they're going to come after me. And they won't. No one will, because this crime concerns pharmaceuticals on Sidon, which means it's under my jurisdiction. That means I get to decide the punishment and sentence. That means... I chose to let you out scot-free, no charges, and all within a few hours, but keep calling me names, and I still have time to revoke it. Oh, well, did I ever tell you how lovely you looked yesterday while pointing a gun at me? <laughs> Just get going. That freighter will be boarding soon. But what about you and me? Well... You were very brave, after all. I suppose we could meet at the next star system over, you know? Away from the spotlight and drama. Yeah, there's uh, good food in Smuggler's Run. Yeah. Why don't we go on another date? I'll treat you right this time, and it'll be on me. Hey, I like your thinking. After all, there's no great reward without great risk, right? Space Monkey looked down at his gorgeous beauty and irresistibly flared his nostrils at her. Sylvia just rolled her eyes and playfully punched his muscular shoulder. Oh, but deep within her heart, she flared her soul and loving spirit at him in return. Well, Space Cadets, that's all the time we have for Space Monkey today. If you'd like to hear more episodes and other creative content, then go to Locals.com, type in Tony Bonzi Creative Projects, and become a supporting member today. That's right, go to Locals.com and search for Tony Bonzi Creative Projects. That's spelled T-O-N-Y. 
B-O-N-S-E. Remember, Tony Bonzi Creative Projects. Get to our page on Locals.com and become a supporting member today. Now, sit tight. We have an exciting program from the Poetry Power Hour. But first, a word from their sponsors. Tasty meal while you're on the go? Well, there's nothing like Slinky's Meat Pies, the tastiest things in all creation. Believe you me, when I need something fast, delicious, and heart-stoppingly meaty, I know just where to go. And now, so do you. Those pies are filled with mouth-watering cuts and show-stopping slabs of the finest meats. What kind of meat, you ask? <laughs> we'll never tell. <laughs> uh, no. Really, we won't. Slinky's Meat Pies. When you need a meat pie, you go to Slinky's. Ladies and gentlemen, the Poetry Power Hour presents Commies. Say, where you going, kid? Didn't you know there are commies out there? Commies. You gotta be aware. Don't stop. Don't stare. Just prepare. Commies. Raise your mind or raise your sights. With commies, you better do both. Or you won't have a prayer in this fight. Commies. Commies. They defamed our ancestors and they're coming for you. But you know what to do. Play it cool. Commies. Watch your back. Watch your options in your own realm. And whenever you can, you stop them. Commies. Commies. Or they'll stop you. The Poetry Power Hour now concludes with a song titled Poetry Robed in Jazz. <laughs>